Hello everyone, welcome to episode 18 of the Main Stand Podcast. I'm here with Mitchell. He is back from COVID PTO. We're still without Pat, but Mitch, how are you? How'd the how'd the COVID treat you? Uh not great. Um COVID is not fun. It is a real thing. Uh I lost 35 pounds. I still can't taste or smell. And uh my my quarantine is over. I like it's honestly I was like on my deathbed. Like you, I, I couldn't even make it down the stairs without being out of breath. It uh, it's not fun, but we're back. We are back. We love to uh, see it. We missed a lot, man. We, we this is your first time back in, in two weeks, pretty much. Even though you only missed one yeah. podcast, Pat, same thing. Now, uh, we we missed a lot. We missed the end of the MLS season. You know, NYFC winning that one on pens. We missed you know, a lot of Premier League stuff, and most importantly. We missed all this action with with the COVID starting to hit the Premier League. So it's not just hitting Mitch and uh, the people up in Maine. It's hitting England now pretty, pretty bad. I'm, again. Yeah, I'm in I'm in a place where, like, people are forced to be socially distant because we have, like, more moose and pine trees than people. It's it's insane. Um, caught it in my own home from uh, from an employee showing up to work with it. Gave it to my dad. My dad brought it home. So my whole family had it. Um, my mom was on her second round, but we're all uh, we're all on the mend. Um, was finally able to see my my niece after a couple of months. I have a have a nice little Liverpool Christmas present for her. Going to start her out young. Um, but uh, no, we're uh, we're doing good. We're on the mend, and uh, just excited to be back on the pod. Missed it. Missed it a lot, but big ups to Josh for doing a solo epi last week, taking care of Pat and I, and keeping the content machine rolling. Yeah, solo epi. It went well. Bets, I, I thought I had a fucking slate of good bets last week. In the- I thought so, too. I Like, looking at it, I was like, they're kind of like those insta-locks. You know, you look at them, and it's like, how do you even, like, argue any any of the bets you put forward and what what you only hit on the arsenal at first right yeah i'm looking at i'm pulling it up right now on the instagram just because it's easier the only one we got on the first day was arsenal minus one so that one if they win by one it pushes but so they had to win by two against southampton which like was Mm -hmm. the most unlikely one i thought in my opinion and that one was plus 120 odds that one hit freiburg hoffenheim i thought that was um for sure, that one didn't go. Liverpool, Aston Villa, that was just a fucking weird game. And then that was a very weird game. City and Wolves, I had Silva to score, and Silva had like two chances at the end of the game. That one's a, just a bad luck of the draw. That was um, also a very weird game. Yeah, it was. I, I, I hit the Madrid money line again, which I think I'm going to bet the Madrid money line every single week. Kind of have to at this point. <laughs> um, I mean, who else is competing with them? It's Atleti. surefire. It's... It, it's just it's one that's hit consistently throughout the year, but yeah, two for five last week, not great, but we're still shooting over sixty percent. Which you know, when you look at like betting tipsters and stuff like that, they're looking at like forty five, fifty percent on average. So we're still doing good, and a lot of our picks at the beginning too were plus odds. So you know, if you put money down, like a hundred on each bet or ten dollars on each bet, you're probably making money over time just because like the types of bets yep. you're putting. So it is what it is. Takes time. Small increments will get you there. Yes, sir. Well, Rick Rick will get you there. But we'll dive into the COVID here a little bit more, besides Mitch's COVID. Because yeah. the Premier League is, what do you think? Is it going to get shut down, man? Five games postponed I, today. I uh, I don't know. 
I feel like at this point we're two years in, in, you know, like it feels like we've done it enough to know how to handle it and do it without putting people at risk. But at the same time, we have a full on outbreak at Leicester that has canceled their next two matches, including the, the match today or yesterday. Um, this weekend's already got five matches off the off the docket. Uh, four, three on Sunday, four on Sunday or Saturday, and one on Sunday. Yeah, I believe. Um, Man United had a pretty big outbreak too because they shut down Carrington a few days ago. Yep, and and I think I th- I think it's kind of like a day by day thing at this point um, because it does take quite some time for a positive result to come back or like for for the outbreak to actually be recognized it'll take a couple of days but at the same time we've we've been working on this i think that just the omicron is is different we haven't really experienced it in the u.s yet um and it's definitely running rampant i'm not familiar with how it's affecting people or um what is going on in europe with that but I don't want to say that the league is going to get shut down or postponed or anything like that. I don't want to see the league go behind closed doors again because that's not good for fans. It's not good for the clubs. Um, but safety is important. I just, I just don't – at this point, I don't know what – I don't know what going behind closed doors would do. That's really just sort fan transmission, I guess. But Right. It, I don't know. I mean, stopping the league is just, I don't know if that's the right solution either. At, at this point, it's kind of tough because, like, like you said, they're, they're getting these tests where they're, like, presumptive positives. Today, like the Liverpool ones, like, they announced Virgil, Virgil Fabinho, Curtis. Curtis, and it was, like, presumptive positives, like they think. And it's like, well, if they have it, they've been training in pretty close contention with the rest of the squad. So, like, who else on Liverpool has it? But, like, also Leicester playing Tottenham and – or or was going to play Tottenham, um, you know, that outbreak could have spread through another game. We go, one team plays another team, the, the cases don't pop up for a few days until after the game, so we, we don't really know. Um, it takes time for, for it to set in and for that positive result to come in, um, just based on my own personal experience with it. it took me three days until mine actually came back positive and my symptoms started showing up it affects everybody differently i i can't speak for everyone but the fact of the matter is it's an illness if it's handled the way it's been handled for two years i don't see shutting down the league i think taking the games postponing them I think we're at a total of six postponements now this season um, in all competitions. Yeah. So let's let's just kind of take it day by day. I'll I'll be curious to see what it looks like next week. Um, but at the end of the day, health and safety of of players and and fans is of the utmost importance. Yeah, I agree. And you know, we want to send thoughts to you know people who players who do have COVID and stuff where it gets tricky for me is like you're postponing all these games it makes the run into the season really weird when you have teams with games in hands and stuff that i hate that even when teams and have external like one game tournaments in hand, it's too. gonna get bad 
Uh, and it, it, it's going to muddy. It's going to muddy the race. It's going to muddy the schedule. It's going to. Um, it's going to backlog games. It's going to cause more games in a shorter amount of time. So you look at that for players' physical safety as well. Uh, playing the game, if you're playing three games in five days, like, yeah, that's that's a lot. It, just to squeeze them in because we postponed them. I don't know. I don't. I I really hope that it doesn't end up with another lockdown um, in in the Premier League because. And honestly, just, dude, it does. It's a regression. Like, as a as both fans of a big club it adversely affects, like, kind of the smaller teams in the Prem. Even Leicester City, like, missing nine guys, they're putting out a team of, like, mostly youngsters. Liverpool, City, Chelsea can afford to miss, like, you know, a handful of people and still put out, like, a pretty good side. But it kind of does adversely affect the little teams in the Premier League, and it kind of, that does affect fairness in a a way. It absolutely does. And, and, you know, you want to see the best players. You want to see the healthy players. You want to see the teams being able to put out their best 11s week in and week out, regardless if they're your favorite club or not. Um, at the end of the day, we're all football fans and a good match is better than anything. Um, but, you know, we're not the doctors. We're not the league officials. We're not uh, the powers that be. And we uh, we're kind of at the mercy of waiting and seeing like everybody else, what's going to happen. Yeah, no, for sure. And well, I guess we're all we're on the topic of health. We had the order all figured out at the beginning of this episode, but not a logistics company, and, and my mind wanders, and we just end up going in the, whatever order my mind. We pleases. like talking. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> we were going to talk about about Barcelona, Sergio Aguero. Um, Heartbreaking. But while we're on the yeah, while we're on the subject of you know health and medical stuff, Sergio Aguero retiring this week. You know he, I wish honestly, like I wish that was handled differently. I wish, like, they just released him and have him do that for Man City and not announce it in a Barcelona shirt. I know that's, like, a petty request on my behalf, but it just felt it just felt weird him announcing his retirement having played, like, no games for Barcelona. No games for Barcelona. Not, I mean, it seems like he just got there two days ago, and... They like, don't deserve that now media he's gone. attention. No, they don't. And they're going to get it because... Aguero is Aguero. He deserves all that respect, all the accolades, all the trophies. What twenty trophies, four hundred and twenty-seven goals, something like that. Like, yeah, unbelievable player. Um, just he—he's kind of like the Derek Jeter as a Red yeah. Sox fan. He's kind of like the Derek Jeter. He's like he's that cornerstone player who you don't like playing against. He's on one of your least favorite teams, if not your least favorite team, biggest rival. And he goes out. I don't think he deserves this at all. Um, Having a heart condition is a very scary thing. So obviously it's bad enough to announce his retirement. I I hope it's the right decision for him and his safety. Um, But he's, he's a character that the, the football world will, surely miss yeah and he definitely has the most iconic premier league moment of all time that goal against Absolutely. qpr i mean just i uh, you, you can you can you hear those not. words without even seeing the video Aguero! it's 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 ingrained in every soccer fan's brain um and, and, and he's and haunted I, Liverpool I just wish him the too, best man he's Night the player terrors. you hate playing against but you love having day him on in your and day team. out 
Absolutely. And I, I wish Pat was here to talk a little bit more about uh, about him. Maybe we can get a little little IG video from Pat to, to yeah. tie in, talk about Sergio. But um, no, I just I, I hope it's with good reason. And I hope that, you know, his heart is getting stronger uh, for it. Uh, he, he's going to get a statue at the Eddie had to. I mean, they just put one up of he company. Needs it. He, he'll get one yep. up in the, in the year, I bet. Um, wh- while we're on the topic of Barcelona, Barcelona, I mean, so I've had my shtick with Barcelona for a long time, and I've <laughs> emphasized it in this podcast how much I hate them and how just, like, poorly run of a club they are. And that's not being biased. That's just me having disdain for, like, uh, was it Real Madrid? Was I know it was Bill Bow was one of them, but was Barcelona the other one, or was it Atleti? They're going against La Liga for some sort of. Uh, I'm not sure off the top was. of my it, head. It was one of those Comunicado officials. Uh, they're like suing La Liga for something, and it's just like I don't I even feel know like how that's to a put Barcelona it. thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a Barcelona thing. It's like just I don't I don't know how to put it. it, it it's the mood of these clubs, like the tone, the arrogance they have of themselves. And Barcelona have deserved this for so long. And now it's finally coming to them. They have won one game in six matches. Um, that game was against 13th place Villarreal. Uh, and this week they lost to Boca Juniors in the Maradona Cup, which is so funny. Uh, now they're obviously in the Europa League. And that game against Boca, too, they were certain some good players. You know, Coutinho, Puig, Danny Alves. I know he's a little bit old, but you're still starting a team of pretty good guys losing to a team from South America, which is comical. They The, the perch is definitely cracked, and there isn't enough flex seal to, to throw in those cracks to keep it from crumbling right now. Um, I think the Aguero news is a massive hit, too. Like having a player like Aguero and being in the situation that they're in mm-hmm. definitely doesn't help. But I mean, it just shows how invested Barcelona was in Messi. And obviously, this started well before he left the club. Yep. But it's very apparent now. And it is, uh, it is a fall from grace. I think a lot of people especially Real Madrid supporters are loving seeing. Yeah, they they need to honestly just like sell for cash. I mean, I've heard rumors that Dest and Frankie De Jong are going to be on the market uh here in January. Probably some other players too, I imagine. Coutinho will probably go on loan so someone just picks up his massive wages. It they they need to sell everyone for cash and start from scratch. Start with kids Liquidate. from La Masa and, and just run with it. That's the only way it's, to do it. It, it, it. It's time for for full rebuild, and I think I think they owe it to the the talent that's in that side right now. Frankie De Jong is wasting away right now. Yeah. I, uh, I I think there's far better opportunities for some of these guys. I don't think uh, I don't think they ever let go of Ansu Fati. I, I don't I don't think he's somebody that they let go. I think they try and build around him, um, but like a guy like Memphis and a guy like Frankie De Jong, they, they need to go on to greener pastures. They need to do something to switch up the dynamic and, and start this rebuilding process. Because I think, I think they have that arrogance where it's like, okay, we're Barcelona. We can just do what we want and put out an 11 and we're going to win games. That's not the case anymore. Um, 
they don't really have that leader they don't have that weapon it's it's not it's not the barcelona we grew up watching and to Danny Alves, one was so funny too. They brought him back to be like a leader, whatever, and that got so much press. So every soccer account I think I follow was posting Danny Alves to Barcelona, Ooh. like it was some ballooned Balondo or signing. It was hilarious, uh, and that's just it's a banter signing. It, it, Xavi, everyone is going on about him coming back to Barcelona. Pat was comparing him to Pep Guardiola three weeks ago. Manager of the year. Yeah, Pat literally compared Javi to Pep Guardiola. Uh, I need to make that abundantly clear. And he, I mean, he's just a shambles. He doesn't know how to manage that team. That's so political. And, you know, I think I agree with you on the Frankie de Jong take too. And I'm kind of all over the place right now. But this thought just popped into my head. Uh, how far that Ajax team from a couple years ago just fell from grace. You, Donnie Van de Beek is so similar to Frankie de Jong, goes to a club, Manchester United, and is just lost. And just sitting there. DeLitz had a, uh, I think, he's had a little bit of a resurgence at Juventus, but Juventus are just aren't where they at aren't where they were at when he signed first and he's kind no. of experiencing the same thing and that Ajax team just obliterated into a million pieces. It's pretty funny. <laughs> But that was a fun Ajax team. It was. Like, that was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> I just, I, I can't get over it. I mean, these Barcelona players, man, they're just, they're too much for me sometimes. And I'm well, enjoying the thing, you it don't too have to, much. You, you don't have to follow it directly from Barca, though. So that's no. good. Yeah, they they pro- they protected you from that. They, it was, they sold you in the transfer market to try and rebuild. <laughs> I just want to meet the person that did that. I need to have a conversation with them. <laughs> we just need to have a little chat. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to – what do you want to dig into next, Mitch? We doing Let's Champions jump League into draw? the shambles of a Champions League draw. Yeah, speaking of shambles, having to do that twice, and Liverpool got screwed. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say screwed. Not screwed. But... It could have been – that was the probably the second worst um, one we could have got. Obviously, PSG being first. but So in the text chain – I literally, they did the draw, and I sent a message right when they announced their redraw. I said, watch, we're going to get Inter Milan, and it happened. Liverpool. Bingo. Going back uh, to the San Siro. Yeah, Nat Phillips, where you at? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, no, it, I, the Champions League draw was, what a joke. Um, but, I like, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily – Worried uh, about Inter with uh, Arturo Vidal and his stupid ass mohawk. Um, you know, I I I think Liverpool is a different breed when it comes to the Champions League right now. Yeah. Um, and we're comfortable at the San Siro. You know, we only have a we our last Champions League game was there, so I think uh, the boys are ready to go. Um, Barella is missing the first leg of that match too. Yellow card accumulation. Or I uh, might not. It might have been a red card, actually. I am not sure, but that just makes it easier for us. Yeah, he's uh, the one player that really scares me for them. That there is. I mean, there isn't necessarily somebody I, I could look at right now on the Inter side and be like, I'm I'm worried about a matchup, one on one. Yeah, because Martinez isn't really that physically. Uh, big as a strike. He's obviously no. their biggest threat up front, but ain't no way he's getting past Van Dyke. No, if if Van Dyke's healthy and everything's uh, according to plan, I I don't see 
Inter being a uh, being a challenge. The one game I am excited to watch is Real PSG, though. That is the quote from Ramos. I'm going to die on the pitch for PSG against yeah, Real. For real. Then the next one that Ooh. got drawn was the the only Ooh. match that got uh, the same draw in both the fucked up one and the new one. Chelsea <laughs> and the, and and the, the actual real. one. I think Chelsea uh, are going to win this one, but it's a good, it's kind of like a defensive matchup. It's kind of a weird game. You mean Sevilla? Uh, well, I have Sevilla wrote on here. Sevilla is. Uh, do you see them ever out of the Europa League? I, I just that's a typo. Sevilla is always in the Europa League. I'm just giving you shit, Joshua. I know. Uh, no, I I don't see this being a a, a big issue for Chelsea either. I um, I think I think having that consistency between both the shit draw and the real draw it just means Chelsea were destined to to pound the piss out of them um yep there are any other any other big matchups that you're uh, you're you're excited for well united atletico uh <laughs> that is going to be the biggest piss take fest of all time Simeone at Old Trafford I, that's going to be comical must watch tv i i think they actually the only thing that scares me about them is Ronaldo against Atletico. I, I think he could pummel them. Um, but it's going to be a fun one to watch and definitely one I'm going to. It's going to end up being like 2-1 Atleti with a Ronaldo goal in like the 76th minute. Yeah, Ronaldo's going to have something to say in this match. That's the only reason I'm like hesitant to say Atletico are going to win. Um, the next one too, Real Madrid PSG. I'm glad this one got redrawn because I think PSG could be out in the first round. I do too. However, with the way PSG have been playing, and they, I, I feel like they're starting to find their footing a little bit. I don't necessarily think it's going to be an easy game, but having somebody like Sergio Ramos um, yeah. on your back line, who kind of born and raised at the club, kind of became that being of Sergio Ramos. I think he's going to want to try and prove something for yeah, sure. Um, and Messi coming from, I've always beat the brakes off of Real Madrid. Yeah. I think, uh, I think PSG will have, will have Real's number in this, in this fixture for sure. Real is a weird one, honestly, because it's kind of hard to gauge the strength of La Liga this year, if we're being honest, because it was down last year. And yeah, Real Madrid are good, and, and Barcelona's really bad. But I also don't think Real Madrid are like at Liverpool City level, honestly. Not right now, not yet. Um, I think, I think they do have some very solid pieces. I think, um, you know, they they do have a good side. We saw that in the group stage. We saw that they can yeah. put together a good performance, and they can they can edge out a win when needed. Um, lack of lack of weapons or not um you you have Benzema you have Tony Cruz you have Luka Modric all still seasoned veterans Casemiro uh, Casemiro uh and then you have young talent Vinicius you got Camavinga so they have they have a side that can 
they can go out and do something. They could steal a win from PSG if they if they work hard enough, and they they can absorb that pressure that PSG is going to be coming at them with. Most, most uh, impressive thing for me with Real Madrid, and this I think was something PSG is going to struggle to break down is. Real Madrid did. I think I don't know how many back lines they combined uh, center back pairings at the beginning of the season, but they have found a hell of a partnership with David Alaba and Eder Militao. Uh, Militao kind of just struggled to get in the side the past couple years since coming from Porto, and I think he's found his partner with Alaba and it moved Alaba kind of you know because he's used to playing kind of on the wing. Uh, moving him to the center was a super smart idea. Now that he's getting a little bit older. And that combination's worked really well for them, and their defense has been better than ever. So I think that's something PSG actually might struggle with. Yeah, and I think I think Real Madrid's midfield is something yeah. that PSG is going to struggle with too. I think Real's midfield is set up a lot better than PSG right now. Um, they're able to to control play uh, in 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 the mid third, and I, I think that's something that PSG is struggling to do right now. And I think that could a tide turner for Real. Yeah, I agree. And the other ones, we'll fly through them real quick. Sporting City, City, you know, oil money buying another easy draw. Um, Bayern Salzburg <laughs> playing their farm team. Ajax is going to roll Benfica. I know Benfica has a good defense, but Ajax, uh, their offense is something else. I, I said it was a mistake for West Ham to get rid of Sebastian Hilaire last year, and he's just balling. Um, and Villarreal Juventus. Uh I'd probably take Juventus in this one. Villarreal really haven't been that good this year. No, they haven't, but Juve also hasn't been looking great as of late either. So That's true. There's 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 some there's some there's some toss ups um in in the uh in the draw, but I think all in all, um with the current health, the current form, if we're uh if we're looking down the line, what is it, a month away? Yeah, February. four weeks. So oh, six um, weeks. Six weeks. You know, I, I think we come back from the the winter break, barring any big major moves, which I doubt will happen with any of these sides right now. I think uh, I think we'll have a really good good first round of the knockouts. Yeah, and we we won't dive into this either, like too much. Yeah. But um, Europa League playoff matches, so new format in the Europa League. It's not just the third place team dropping down; it's the the second place team in every, um, maybe not every, might be the four best second place team, something like that. Play the, no, that's just the ones we have down. And again, not a logistics company, guys. I'm trying to figure out my own. Not notes a here. logistics. Trying to company. figure out my own notes. It's tough. Uh, the all the second place teams in Europa League play all the third place teams in the Champions League. The winner of those games goes on uh, to that round of 16 in the Europa League. Instead of the Europa League had that expanded format of like 32 teams in the past couple of years, and that was just kind of stupid. So wasn't it going to 64 soon too? Well, like, I think that's they why expanded? they made the Conference League. It's I I heard like a couple of years ago that the the Champions League was trying to get like <laughs> up there to them. Like why? It's stupid. Why do we need to do this? Yeah. Too many like. That you're if you're expanding it this wide, it takes away from the best teams in Europe. Like that is the point of the tournament. We don't need to give everybody an opportunity. They need to earn that during their club season. Yep. That like that is how that works. Let's not just like let okay, everybody, it's time to play for the Champions League. Let's, the FA let's, Cup of Europe. 
exactly like what like i don't need to see i don't need to see like fucking i don't know west ham playing in a in a champions league play-in match in two years like if they earn it yes they very well might at this point who would sponsor the fa cup of europe who would be the sponsor of that oh god probably like cadbury <laughs> the nah, Cadbury was, Cup. Was, that that <laughs> sounds pretty class, honestly. I, I I'd probably say like, I don't know, like Bud Light. Bud Light. That break yeah. into the Europe market with the, the light years. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Uh, on paper, though, there's some pretty good Europa League playoff matches. The Barcelona Napoli yes. one. That's like a Maradona Cup Part Two. Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna be fun. Um, I uh, I honestly like that Porto Lazio pick though. That yeah, I like uh, it too. that's gonna be a fun match. And then then we have uh, Leipzig and the Real Social Dads. So four really solid matchups in the Europa League. Um, yeah, the, and that's not even mentioning matches. West Ham, who's already kind of made it to that advanced round of sixteen. So there's there's gonna be some actually good Europa League matches that I actually might want to tune into this year. Yeah, that's that's something we haven't been able to say for a while. I will say that. So it is kind of nice seeing some fresh fresh faces in here. Uh, okay, so we're we're gonna change segments here real quick. Uh, before we get into like Liverpool stuff, why don't we why don't we do Fiorentina first? So Fiorentina forecast with Mitch Ketchum. Fiorentina forecast. The boys in purple are buzzing. Four nil on the weekend. We are in sole possession of fifth place, two points ahead of Roma. Uh, I I think it's going to happen. I think I'm going to end up with a brand-new Fiorentina kit at the end of this season. Uh, and I was thinking I, – I wish Pat was on because I was thinking about this. I could, I could be coerced into changing from the Nintendo kit to a 2014-15 – Mo Salah number 74 oh wow wow that would be spicy you get a 56 uh, Bobby Duncan one probably for free somewhere <laughs> you find it in a dumpster <laughs> behind Goodwill uh <laughs> no I uh I I've actually watched the last three Fiorentina matches um and I gotta say they're playing extremely well Vlavic 21 years old I know you don't have very many nice things to say about him, um, but the kid is balling out. Uh, he is one goal away from breaking Ronaldo's record from last year for goals in the Serie A calendar year. Um, he's already got 32 goals in, in the last calendar year, uh, which is unbelievable. 20, 21 years old, producing at this rate. I know you have you actually do have some statistics going in it, but uh, no, the the boys are playing well. And in in Syria, uh, Roma ended up stealing two uh, three points over Spezia um, this weekend. Milan split points with Udinese. Yeah, Atalanta squeaks by two one over Verona, uh, and and Juve tie Venezia one one. So it was it was a perfect storm of matches uh, for for the boys in purple this weekend. Um, upcoming, Fiorentina is going to be playing Sassuolo 
uh, on Sunday, 6.30 a.m. You're going to be up for that one? Them. Yeah, I'll probably I might watch it. 5.30 a.m. where you are, Josh. Ooh, I, have even <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Vlaovic is a weird one. Do you think this is his last month at the club? I hope the hell it's not. Because uh, your bet gets I, a little if bit if more shaky new, if he's gone. My bet gets very fucking shaky if he's gone. Um, I I don't know. I can't really tell it. I can't tell if he's trying to show out for a contract somewhere else or if he's just getting better and better. Um, definitely not playing with the best team around him. So I'm not sure if he goes somewhere else, if he's still getting fed the ball like he is. He's just finishing so well right now. He cannot be stopped. Yeah. Um, his chances created. He's he's got what fifteen and two this year mm-hmm. um, alone. And I, I just I don't see him going. I don't see a direct link anywhere. Like a, an, an actual like advanced discussion with a club in the Premier League. I know Pat would love to see him at Manchester. Arsenal. Um, Arsenal are also looking looking at him. He honestly feels like a better fit for Arsenal. Um, just watching him and seeing what Arsenal have done uh, the last few weeks, um, if he were to be going going there. But uh, I don't know. I, I would love to see him stay there for at least the rest of the season and, and prove himself a little more probably earn a little bit better of a, a paycheck uh, come summertime if he chooses to to move on from the club. Yeah, I agree with that. And the stats, I mean, I did have a couple, but a lot of them, you know, they're like 68th percentile for total shots, 37th percentile for expected assists. That's compared to top um, five leagues, um, just forwards. Um, so people in the same position. Now that I think about it a little bit more, those might be just more of a product of the team I, he plays for. I think they they definitely are, and I want I didn't want to say anything yeah. when I saw you send those notes because I, I mean he's having to do the work himself, yep. and he he's doing it. He has a couple of pieces um, around him um, to feed him the ball, but I mean the the finishing that he's displaying right now is just next to nothing. It's absolutely sublime. Um, the game against AC Milan they needed a goal he went out and got a goal and then he went out and got another one 10 minutes later like it's just the back and forth he had with Zlatan in that game was phenomenal um and I I don't know I I would love to just see him stay at the club for the rest of the year I think I think that would probably be the smarter move if I was in his position I would I would wait out the year see what you can do with Fiorentina a club that's usually the bottom mid of the bottom half top of the bottom half of the the table you're sitting in fifth place right now pretty much solely on your back take them somewhere do something with it um because they're only 10 points out of first place right now yeah i guess the the one thing with him i mean i feel like they're going to probably get pocket 60 70 75 for him but yeah i guess where i got a little bit frustrated with him is like in the past couple weeks i've gained gained more awareness for patrick schick Obviously, he was really good at the Euros this summer, but he's playing at Leverkusen right now. He's 25, so he's kind of, like, hitting right in the prime of his career, and he has, like, 17 goals this season. He's scored eight in the past three games. Uh, And when you look at his stats, again, Leverkusen's more of an offensive-threatening side, 
Um, his stats are like unreal in every single category. I don't know how he has not been talked about whatsoever for like transfer rumors. And I, that one surprised me a little bit. I think he's a better option than Vlavic right now. I think he's just more ready. Um, yep. More primed. Yeah, I mean, that, that's where I was kind of like, I wanted to hit out at Vlahovic a little bit just because I don't think he's the best option for some of these clubs that are like begging for him. But he's also at that point in his career where he is still moldable. If yeah. he's producing that that much, if you're able to capture capture that, I don't I don't necessarily think 60, 75 million. I think right now he's 45, 50. Okay. Um, personally, I know you had asked me about that valuation. Um, I think he's about a 40, 45, 50 million dollar player right now. And I think that's a bargain for a 21 year old who's producing at the rate he is in Syria. Like it, it is a tough place to net goals. It is a very tough place to net goals. And when he's scoring this consistently, he's, he's right now scoring a goal or two a week. And, and it's just, he's, he's starting to find that form where it's like, okay, I need to prove myself and, and move up to a bigger club. He he's not at that bigger club yet, but he's playing like he deserves to be there. Yeah. And we'll see how Fiorentina do, uh, you know, in the next transfer window opens in, in a couple weeks. So we'll see where he goes. And we'll, I think we're going to keep the forecast running for uh, the foreseeable oh, the, future. So the forecast is going to be coming on a weekly basis. I know, uh, I know uh, your weatherman was down for the count last week, but yeah. we're uh, we're gonna be forecasting some Fiorentina wins coming up, baby. We we need to do that. We need to get a green screen set up and have a meteorologist thing behind. It. <laughs> three one, <laughs> three one to Fiorentina this weekend, uh, Sunday, at six thirty a.m. Uh, over Sassuolo. Hear that exacto score, Mitch? Mitch is giving that his best bet. Vlahovic, Vlahovic, two goals. We'd love to see it and. Uh, so Liverpool game just got done. We're recording this on Thursday night. We're doing this organically. Me and Mitch have not talked about this game yet, so everything's right off the top. Liverpool won that one 3-1. Uh, John Joe Shelby got the early goal. Then we got Jota, Sala, and Trent getting on the score sheet for Liverpool in a rather kind of tense win that Trent sealed up at the end. Mitch, what's your organic take on the match? And I, I need your man of the match at the end. Okay, my organic take on it. I, I Okay, Josh kind of lied. We... We exchanged words very briefly in the first half. Very briefly. Tiago needs to wake the fuck up and learn how to pass a fucking football. I, he, I, I'm fairly certain he created every chance that Newcastle had in the first half. Um, Saint Maximin was absolutely bodied by Kanate tonight. I love that. Um, Organic reaction, Liverpool should have won that game 6-0. It's <laughs> a great take. It, honestly, the amount of pressure that we put on Newcastle today was unbelievable. It was it was great. It was the attacking pressure that I want to see out of our side week in and week out. Yep. Um, the The distribution was great. Jota's goal. That's not a fact. They should no, 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 no. It was I. They shouldn't have stopped play, but I think it's just the respect and it. Like normally, had had John Joe Shelby not netted that first goal, I 
I think we stopped playing and mm. tend to the injury. Um, watching the replay, it was just uh, it, Newcastle players bumping into each other. It was their own fault. Had a Liverpool def- uh, 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 attacker been really in the middle of that, I think I think there would have been a whistle. But, I mean, it is what it is. Score the goal, move on. Four minutes later, Mo catches the rebound. Um, still doing top lad things. Yeah. Uh, and then Trent Alexander-Arnold pulling one out of Stevie G's fucking playbook and rifling one into the top left corner. Um, this was a zinger, man. That was a just a classic. I feel like a, what is going to be a classic Trent Alexander-Arnold goal. Absolutely. Uh, it... I, my my mouth just dropped when he hit that. Like you couldn't hit a couldn't hit it any better. Um, just top left corner, as top left as you could get it. Ball's it barely just, moving too. I mean, the goalie got like a, mm, a touch, mm. a bare touch on it, but it no keeper in the world stopping that shot. Nope, not a chance. It was traveling roughly a million miles an hour. <laughs> I uh, I clocked it all the way from here. And uh, it actually burnt a hole in the back of the net. So, no, it was a it was a phenomenal performance. Um, my man of the match, probably going to have to give it to Kanate. Mm-hmm. I think I have to give it to Kanate. Stepping up last minute, um, as of last night, probably not in the side. Um, stepping up and continuing a great run of games. Um, just unbelievable defender the the pace he has just composed the strength he, he's honestly a, <clears throat> excuse me he's he's a mini virgil he's a mini virgil I, that can't... one ball he trapped on the sideline and kept in play <clears throat> and passed back was just unreal unreal skill Sublime. He, uh, no, he's been impressing me a ton this season. Yeah, and I wanted to integrate him slow. I kind of talked to someone on Twitter about this a couple days ago. Like, uh, him versus Matip is like that first one next to, to Virgil. And I still think Matip's like the best option when he's fit. Yep. But, uh, I don't mind Ibu Kunate playing, you know, once every three games. He, he was just really, really good tonight in the air on the ground had a couple close challenges but he just got his foot right every single time there was that one kind of on the outside of the box that was a little bit weird but aside from that just a flawless performance and where you took him i'll take someone else and i'll take trent he was just creating chances all night uh and the goal was just fucking immense and that's just how many chances have have trent and mo combined for now like a thousand this season uh, a lot, dude. The, the right side of Liverpool is just insane. Hendo's been combining two very, very well. H- Hendo's passing. Where has this come from? It's been very good over the past two years. He like he's just finding space that shouldn't exist. The and and Mo. I don't know if you saw Mo's pass over to Mane like in the 85th minute, like right before the Trent goal. That outside foot pass that Mane or Salah's been pulling out yeah. of the bag lately—it's it's unbelievable. They're 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 just they know where each other are. Yeah. Aside from Tiago throwing <laughs> ball, like some of the worst passing I think I've seen out of a Liverpool player in a very long time. Like for such a good game, like to see how poor Tiago was in that game is shocking to me 
So I have an explanation for that, I think. I don't think Thiago's a good, like, last midfielder. Uh, when he plays kind of like it, it, well, he wasn't the six tonight, but like he plays when he plays level with Henderson, which he did last year, he's not as good. And I think having Fabinho next to him, having Fabinho behind him gives him the comfort of getting forward without being the one to play balls in the middle of Henderson and the defense. When he has that and people close in on him, that's when he, he feels pressured. And he did that last season too. He needs Fabinho next to him, or or else I honestly might favor someone else in the team. Absolutely. It it pushes him almost into like that Bernardo Silva role, where Bernardo's able to get in between the the lines of defense and create. And I don't think if he's sitting that far back, but it it just causes chaos. Like he just left a sitter for John Joe Shelby. He played St. Moximin in twice. Like I like blatant bad pass. And then and then he I mean in the first ten minutes of the game he had that one beautiful lob, crossfield lob over to Mo, landed right on his foot on the edge of the box. But that was it for forty the mid forty minutes of the match. Like there was there was it was just sloppy. And I I, I hope he's able to to kind of push up and, and get creative and take that pressure off of the wings. It, it opens up a ton of play for, for Mane yep. uh, and get, and lets Robbo kind of leak in to get across in. So it's, it's also it's too, when he plays in that deeper role, he, he did this last year and he, I will say he's improved on it. He fouls a ton when he plays more as a six last year, he fouled, he must've got five fouls a game. And this year he's tamed that down. But tonight you just saw shades that where Henderson was playing a little bit above Tiago and I hate when Tiago was the last midfielder. Absolutely. Um, Ox, I think, had a great game from the right side of the midfield. That pass as well. he had uh, to Sala. Sala was in on. Well, Sala should have finished that. I, uh, I I like having Ox on that right side. I think him and, and Mo have been playing really, really well together. Um, and then Jota, again, just all over the place. I, I think he's getting better every match. Um and for somebody so small to have such a, a good head on him, uh, it's it's like uh, every match he's getting at least two headers on net, yeah. and it's it's just the amount of chances we're able to create with six guys pushing forward that fast. I mean, our our center backs were were fucking like thirty five forty yards from the net all game. Like mm. it's it seemed like any time a ball got passed out of the box, Matip was right there yeah. to just feed it right back in um trent's positioning today was phenomenal it was it was a it was a really really fun match aside from a couple of uh glaring holes yeah what what impresses me about jota he reminds me a lot of solo at solo's uh first half of his first year at liverpool he his positioning is just so smart he has like a nose for gold in the sense he's always in puts himself in the right position where Saul, I feel like, is the same way. I'm not saying they're technically the same players. Yep. Uh, Jota just is always in the right spot. He anticipates where the ball is going to be, and that sounds kind of like a rudimentary explanation of like why he scores goals. But that's, I think, why he scores goals. He just he puts finds the, the open right space before it's available. Yeah, exactly. And another player I want to shout out, coming off the bench, a player I'm critical of, Nabi mm-hmm. Kaita came in and made things happen for 20 Instant minutes. Impact. Impact. Instant impact he took so much pressure off the front three when he came on it wasn't bobby today when bobby came on he wasn't the one taking the pressure nabby was he was confident you know like 
he had two very long chances that were close. One, one I thought was going to outdo Trent's goal. Yeah. Like Nabby, he's making us eat our words. We were yeah. very, very critical of him at the start of the year. Um, deservedly so but he has been he has been kind of a diamond in the rough especially with the injuries and the knocks we've had in the midfield this year i have turned on him a little bit this year i've always said you know if he proves me wrong i'll be the first person to admit it and this year he started to i do think even the games he was good he's caused defensive problems but he came on today in a defensively tense game and made at least like four chances for liverpool and there was a period in the game like around the 75th minute where we were literally just passing it from henderson to tiago to trent on the wing and it would go back the other way and kaita came on and was the only player trying to really play vertically and i know that sounds like a 13 year old like football twitter thing to say but kaita really was the one like actually penetrating in the in between the center backs like in between those lines I thought he was just actually immense today when he came on. And a couple of unbelievable passes. Yeah, Yeah, he needed a shout out. Absolutely. I agree with that. And we'll carry that right into Rick's picks. Because the COVID schedule is all weird. And we actually did quite a bit of handicapping uh, for like other matches this week. And then games just got canceled and my work was for nothing. So Tottenham Liverpool. Fuck you, COVID. This is my favorite Premier League match of the year because I have so many good memories of Tottenham-Liverpool. One, uh, me and Sebastian, our friend, went to Boston for the Fan Fest, watched Mo Salah score like a weird own goal. I don't even know how to explain it. That one a couple years ago. Uh, First Liverpool game, uh, real life, like real season I've actually attended, and the Champions League final. This is like my favorite fixture of all time, and Tottenham haven't won it since 2017. (laughs) then they're not going to win it this weekend if the game goes on. No, uh, it, they're not. It's not going to be close. There's not a chance. Um, I think I think Liverpool carry what they were able to harness today. I think having a short week, we only have two days off in between the matches. I I'm just hankering for Sunday. I am just jazzed up to see this match. I I hope I hope we go out and and lay the pipe. I really do. Yeah, I think we're gonna too. This one. So since 2017, Liverpool since that game, Tottenham won. Uh, Liverpool's draw one, and they've won seven in a row since that draw. They've just absolutely dismantled Tottenham in, in these games too, where a lot of them were like close, but Liverpool just dominated every single one. Um, it's hard to explain how good Liverpool have been. I know we just kind of talked about Liverpool for a long time. Uh, the only games this season they lost on expected goal difference were Porto, Atletico Madrid, and Man City. Um, I don't think Tottenham get near that. And the one thing that I think plays a major impact in this game, where like Liverpool are playing once every three, four days, and that does have an impact on fitness and, and whatever. Tottenham haven't played in so long competitively that Liverpool are going to beat the brakes off them at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They're having, I mean, the fans are going to be walking back to North London uh, after 20 minutes. It's going to be bad. I, I hope, I hope as soon as the 10th minute hits, it's 2-0. I hope it's 2-0 within 10. I, I think we have every ability to go out and do it. I don't, I don't necessarily think uh, Tottenham is going to be a, a side that gives us the amount of issues we've had in the last couple of weeks in, in the Prem. Um, 
Villa was a tough matchup. Uh, I was very critical. I was laying in my deathbed, <laughs> texting Josh. Josh and I were having it out verbally because I was so critical of Liverpool in that game. Um, and it was sloppy. I I think, yeah. and I think they realize that. And I think what we've seen in the last two matches proves that. Um, coming out against Newcastle today was a different Liverpool side, hundred percent. And I think you can, I think you can admit that. You can give me a little bit of credit, yeah, Josh. It's no, okay. It was the past two games were weird though too. They were. It was like, I mean, it, it's not that we didn't dominate in terms of possession or. Like against Villa, we were able to go out and do what we needed to do, but it was it was sloppy. The there there was something missing in that side, and even with something big missing today, like our backbone, uh, no spine with Virgil and Fabinho in mm-hmm. the lineup today, and we did okay. We were able to play our brand and and do it near perfectly. Yep. And I uh, I think we carry that on against the Spurs. Yeah, um, away from home too. Liverpool six one and one in the Premier League away from home. They've been impeccable away from home this year. Um, and the thing that I uh, also wanted to bring up about this game, if I can think about it, because now I just completely lost my train of thought. You can go on with what you were saying, Mitch. Oh, I was just gonna say today, Farwell is my friend. <laughs> Sunday, he is not. <laughs> Uh, I I know I texted you the the classic video yes. of of our run in at four play. I just like I want to post that after every Newcastle loss. It's just such a classic. Um, that's the only time Farwell and I have agreed on football right there. <laughs> I get video credits on that. That was uh, that was a fun night in the old port going against some Newcastle fans. If you're gonna wear a Newcastle kit out to a bar in Portland, Maine. You're gonna get razzed. Yeah, you're going to get razzed, and we won that verbal argument. We fucking chased him out of the sports bar. I don't even think he was wearing the Newcastle brown ale jersey. I wouldn't have said anything to him if he was wearing that one, or Farwell shouldn't have if he was. No, what was uh, what was that kit? Was it the new one with the something bet? No, the Newcastle brown ale one is a clean kit. Yes, yes, it is. It was. It was. No, I think it was the the Betway kit. Was it? Is it Betway? Something like that. It has the, yeah, the Chinese it was, Mandarin it, letters. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. It was. It was. Uh, it was that one. But uh, no, like, just don't don't come at us when when you have when you have a group of friends that all have different teams that we support, uh, other than Josh and myself. Yeah. Like, and, and nobody supports Newcastle. You're gonna get roasted from every angle. Like everybody's gonna have something to say. Yeah. And, I, so and today, the, Newcastle got fucking roasted. <laughs> the best bet for this one, Liverpool minus one. I think they win this one by a couple. So that's why the thought behind this one is, uh, oh wow, I don't know what the odds were on that. Let me let me find that. Liverpool minus one and find the odds. Yeah. I'm saying five one. Liverpool minus one. We got odds of plus one oh five. Son's so, so, gonna net one, and and we're gonna net five. I'm I'm just it's five one. I, like we're right now, Liverpool's like it, it, I don't know how Ali has nine clean sheets. I thought about I, what I was gonna say. Yes, 
remember uh, it. I, yes. I don't know. I don't know how Allie has nine clean sheets. It doesn't feel like it because it seems like we're just letting in a, a sloppy one every week. Um, definitely a frustrating goal to let in today, but credit to Shelby, a fantastic placement on that. I mean, classic John Joe Shelby hit. Yeah, deep. Uh, I, I forget who was calling the game, but he's like, Shelby can hit it from here, and then yeah. two seconds later, dumps it. Allie's standing flat-footed. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to be a 5-1, five, 5-1 one, five, one fi- fixture. Easy. So I remember what I was going to say. I, yes, I dropped yes, yes, Mane yes. for this game. Bobby Firmino loves a goal against Tottenham. He, I think he scored because he scored the winner last year, the one where he ran down the pitch and celebrated, and he scored the one against, um, oh, they played the young guy, Tong, Tanganga, a couple years ago. Yeah. It was like his first game, um, and Bobby fucking spun him like a Beyblade and scored and won that one too. Uh, so I love a Bobby Firmino goal. I actually would uh, drop Mane, put Jot out on the left, Bobby up top in the false nine. I think Bobby can just pull those defenders out of pocket too and put Salah on the right and just doing bits. Next game, we'll we'll stay in the prem for this one, Leeds and Arsenal. Leeds coming off a 7-0 drubbing to City. Yeah, City does not need a striker, so Vlaovic is staying right where he right where he is. Leeds are just uh, all over the place, man. Leeds are shit. Um and De Bruyne netted too. Uh does that mean he is starting to find his form again? Yeah. Uh Grealish another goal. It just I don't see I don't see City or sorry, Leeds doing anything against Arsenal. I don't either. Uh, Leeds, I mean, they gave Chelsea a fight, but they're just the most volatile team. And I, I think it's almost time to start thinking about Bielsa just, like, going elsewhere because he, he, I don't think he's doing a good job anymore. Bielsa's at the wheel, at the wheel. <laughs> Even Bielsa's though Arsenal, like, are a shambles, honestly, because, like, Abba, um obviously losing the captaincy, uh, which is just an insane situation. I mean, Justin could be on for fan therapy every single week about something. We we might need to have a fucking statement. We need an official ABBA statement from our just resident Arsenal fans. Yeah, honestly, like we're we're gonna get a, the top six roundtable. Yep. It, it's just like Aubameyang is better than this, and it's frustrating to see a player treat a club like Arsenal like this. Obviously this isn't a new thing for Arsenal to deal with and very clearly they handle themselves when whenever their captain decides to turn on them they handle themselves well they uh they seem to play a little bit better they they find that uh that little pep in their step Odegaard has been sublime yep uh I think I think he deserves a a, a shout uh, who who ended up wearing the armband this this past weekend? I didn't even. Lacazette. I, didn't even I think it was Lacazette. Was it? So yeah, I think so. It's kind of a weird one, honestly. Too. He's like an Aubameyang 2.0. Right, <laughs> but wasn't he there before him? Uh they would have been there right around the same time. I think. Right, it, 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 like one came right after the other. But yeah. regardless, I, I Arsenal, they have no business having fucking warm up sweatshirts that fire <laughs> and having this much bullshit happening in the club like yeah. those things are fire those things are fire like if 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 we had those retro adidas crewnecks 
honestly reminds me of my goalie kit. To be fair, though, those yellow ones, we have those walkout ones for the Champions League are fucking insane. Oh, the the white, red, the... I don't think anything (laughs) matches. That might be the best piece of soccer apparel released this year. (laughs) Was the the 86 throwback windbreaker? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I love football streetwear. It's nice. I, I, the walkout stuff is always just amazing. But, uh, yeah, you mentioned Odegaard. Just a couple stats on him. 4.24 shot-creating actions per 90 minutes, 85% passing completion. Both of those are top 90 percentile in Europe for midfielders. He has been really good, gotten a few goals. I know he's been a kind of a liability on defense a little bit. I gave a penalty a couple weeks ago. But uh, I think he'll be probably, uh, you know, an X factor in this match. And, uh mm-hmm. Uh, Gabs Martinelli got a goal as well um, here in the midweek. So uh, I actually have the Arsenal money line. I think it's pretty good value. Minus 115 just for Arsenal to win. Uh, That's not bad against a team that just got beat 7-0. No, no, it's not. I mean, Emil Smith-Rowe has been playing out of his mind as well. That was a fucking beautiful goal. So uh, I'm riding with Arsenal. I I love what they're doing right now. I think uh, aside from the ABBA drama. Um, yeah. Once they kind of figure out who, who their leader is, uh, it's just going to give them that extra edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. That's the only two EPL games we really have. Cause so many, guys yeah, they might be the site. only two EPL games yeah. for all we fucking know. By the time Sunday rolls around, we really don't know. This podcast could be obsolete, but when we wake up in the morning, uh, <laughs> <laughs> usually is. So we'll move on to, to countries that aren't being affected by COVID. Um, Sevilla and Atletico Madrid, this one's like an all-defense match. Um, It's a weird one, too, because they actually have a really even record against each other. Eight games Mm -hmm. since 2018. They're they're both 2-4-2 against each other, so half the time since 2018, these games have actually ended in draw. Um, Head-to-head, less than 2.5 goals and five out of the last six against each other. And Sevilla has that same mark in five out of their last six games overall. Um, so we are six one at home this six one and zero at home this season. So very strong side. Um, you know when they're playing at their home ground, and even though Atletico Madrid looked like they were going to kind of challenge at the beginning of the year, that title challenge is wearing very thin as as Real Madrid continues to win games. Uh, I'm leaning towards Sevilla in this one. I just think their defense is too good. I do like the the call on under two point five goals, but. That one has is minus one ninety, so there's hardly any value in betting that. I, I think Sevilla could win this game. More likely chances that they draw, um, which is why we're doing a, a draw no bet. So if they do draw, you get your money back, but you still can bet on on Sevilla winning uh, at minus one twenty, which isn't too bad. We're kind of sticking with a lot of minus odds this week. A- Atletico's just kind of on a poor run of form. They've lost three out of five to some unimpressive um, sides. Obviously, that one against AC Milan. AC Milan's really not that impressive. Mallorca, who is towards the bottom of La Liga, and then Real Madrid, which is obviously a, a tough one for them. you have any thoughts on this one, Mitch? Uh, no, I think you nailed this one on the head. Um, I, th- I think it's not going to be a, a goal-scoring uh, affair. It's going to be a slow, physical game. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I'll ride with that bet. Yeah, and even even though Atleti has some t- attackers, you know, one player to shout out for Sevilla is Jules Kunda. Uh, I know he was kind of linked with Chelsea at the beginning of the year. 
He's been really, really good. He, one of their best players, 6.94 average match rating on who scored, which is, I, I mm-hmm. believe, their second best player um, over the course of the year in La Liga matches. Uh, very good in the air. Very good going forward, too. Uh, 0.98 um, shot creating actions per 90, so he almost creates a chance every single match. Uh, 0.87 dribbles per 90, 1.52 touches in the opposition box, all per 90 minutes. So really likes to get forward and kind of create some havoc. And I think Madrid are kind of leaking goals a little bit more than they're used to right now. So I think this one's probably going to fall in the hands of Sevilla. And if it's a draw, you get your money back. I I don't see Atletico winning away from home, though. Agreed. And then the last bet, this one. Uh, honestly didn't have just because of the covid stuff didn't have all the time in the world to, to handicap this one and research it as much as we could ac milan and napoli we've rode with napoli this season i feel like and that's probably a little bit of bias on my point napoli are probably my favorite team in italy uh the injury to victor osman's been bad for them uh Dries mertens has kind of played that role they put in some different players that uh who was the one that i, I said was going to have a bad game and he actually has been brilliant. Uh, scored two goals, I believe, against Leicester. I'm trying to find his name here. Um, Elmas. Yep. He scored two goals against Leicester. They actually played very well in that game. Um, so there's been some times that when I, whenever I expect Napoli to do bad, they do good. Whenever I expect them to do good, they do bad. They're just kind of a mixed bag lately. They're 2-2-2 they're two, two two in their last six in all comps. So all over the place. Um Milan have a little bit more stability. Uh, just, I feel like some wins against better teams. and They didn't play bad against Liverpool, kind of that first half. No, they half. didn't. So, I think Milan are probably the best one to pick in this one, just because Napoli, Napoli really are suffering from injuries. I, you know, Insigne was injured for a little bit. They had a long list of, of people that were going to be down. Um, so, I have the ACM money line. Um Actually, not money line. Draw no bet. Minus 145. So another minus odds pick. So three out of four minus odds picks today. I know we're kind of riding with chalk here, but uh, we're going to play it safe after a two for five week last time out. So Probably smart, Josh. What do you think about the slate of picks this week, Mitch? I think we're going to do all right. I think we're going to do all right. Um, I, I hope. Um, for your sake, that the uh, the needle s- keeps keeps moving to the right, and uh, we'll keep on on riding the dollar bills. Uh, obviously, a two and five week isn't going to get you your money back, but hey, seven for eleven will. So uh, let's let's keep on let's keep on grinding. Yes, sir. Any I, closing I do, thoughts for the listeners? I do. I have. A top lad and a hair dryer because oh, wow. we haven't done this we in a top while. Top lad hair dryer. Let's go. My top lad is the man in which I'm representing this kit with, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yes, sir. Uh, the chance creation, the the goals that he's been able to net over the last couple of weeks. I know even just this week in particular, he's he's been our best player on the pitch, um, and it's showing. Um, unbelievable. Love, love, love my man TAA. Is it kind of funny that a couple weeks ago, it was probably like five weeks ago now, when I had the hot take at the end of the episode, I said Trent's the best right back in the Premier League, and it sounded a little bit ridiculous at the time because of how good Kinsella was playing, and then Trent went on to win (laughs) player of the month in the Premier League and has just been on a a belter of form. 
<laughs> I don't. Is it the haircut? Is it the haircut? His is he hair is looking go? bomb. I love the hairstyle right now from Trent. It's just like the I don't give a fuck, and I love it. I, love I absolutely it. love it. Um, can you guess who my hair dryer of the week is, Josh? Oh, uh, what is it? A player or coach? It's a player. It's a we player. didn't talk about this because it happened over the weekend. Happened over the weekend. Uh, Rudiger. No. Because he, we all know he is a, um, you know, choice That's a good words. Shout, though. Choice words. He, that I, is a good shout. Um, huh. Rudiger would have been my first pick because he was kind of shithousing in that Leeds match. I'm trying to think of players. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who it is. I was going to say Stevie. Raul Jimenez. <laughs> Raul Jimenez, what the fuck was he thinking getting two yellows in 30 seconds? That's a legitimate hair dryer. He actually probably got a hair dryer from um, the coach. That was the dumbest fucking thing I've seen out of a veteran footballer. Arguably the best player on that Wolf side. And for him to get a soft-ass yellow, yes. The first yellow was soft. But to react the way he did and pick up the second yellow and get sent off and then to lose 1-0 to City on a fucking penalty from Raheem Sterling is unacceptable. Yeah. It's unacceptable. The Especially result being 1-0 made it worse. It frustrated the ever-living fuck out of me because if you're if Raul Jimenez is on the pitch for Wolves, him and Adama Traore – Obviously, Adama Traore is not going to be the one to score the fucking goal, seven top flight goals in his career. <laughs> but he he is a leader in that locker room. Yeah. He is a leader on that pitch. And to get sent off like that was just weak. Uh, throwing throwing his headband like a child three times, getting the all A's from the, the city crowd, just embarrassing. Yeah, fucking that was do, a tough do one. Do better to headband. Watch, it's, it seemed like everybody – Four Wolves wanted to headband that game, though. There was fucking blood everywhere. That was just a joke of a match. <laughs> you know, this isn't even a hairdryer. A funny football story of the week that we haven't talked about, uh, even off-air. Harvey Elliott has a foot fetish, supposedly. Rumors on the street. Oh. <laughs> Alicia's been going viral on the TikTok. I haven't seen that on my Twitter. Uh, I've watched it no less than 100 times. <laughs> He was actually, it seems like Harvey was it's getting okay. praise. You from, can laugh. It's funny. <laughs> I think he was getting praise from football Twitter for having a foot fetish. I mean, when you play football, only makes sense. It's a tough look right after this happened to Paul Scholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Top toe lad of the, the year. Is it going to be Paul Scholes or is it going to be Harvey Elliott? <laughs> I know, and uh, honestly, I think my top lad, if I had to pick one, uh, this isn't uh, an official, we're only doing one top lad, one hair dryer this week. If I had to pick a top lad, is Roy Keane for that Instagram post he made, uh, cropping out his first wife saying, happy birthday to my first wife, X. The X thing made it over the top. He is just a uh, Instagram pro. And honestly, like if you watch Ted Lasso, they modeled Roy Kent so much after Roy Keane. It's so funny. <laughs> Uh, just, it just makes me feel vilified in my choice to to pick up his icon card in my <laughs> in my foot team. Uh, it looks so good at my CDM. Uh, I gotta That's be great. honest. 
Oh my god. What a week. What an episode. What an epi. Hour you made 12. it this far. We say it every week. We'll say it again. Thank you so much for taking your time to spend some time with us. Listen to us talk footy. If you have anything to say, interact with us on social at the main stand. If you're watching us on uh, YouTube, feel free to drop a like, comment, subscribe, and hit that notification bell uh, so you don't miss any of the main stand content uploading every Friday. Yes, Josh, sir. you got anything else? Nothing else. We, I'll we put should some... have Pat back next week. He's been a very busy little boy with the holidays. <laughs> uh, we'll get a we'll get a holiday episode up next week, uh, just before Christmas. I was gonna say, Christmas is next holiday week. Holiday epi. A little holiday epi. I might have to put on my Santa hat. <laughs> well, we might have but, to release uh, it before Friday. Friday is Christmas Eve, so maybe we'll do a Thursday epi. Ooh, minisode. Ooh, we'll think about. We it. We got. We'll think about it. We, we'll we have to do an episode it. because we have to do a COVID in mind. We have to do a Boxing Day app. Oh, yeah. Boxing Day. Biggest Next day weekend. of the Premier League season besides the the last uh, game day. Who do we got? Like fucking Leeds? It's a something? weird It's a weird one, I think, isn't it? Leicester, maybe? No, it's not Leicester. It's definitely not going to be Leicester. Oh, no. Yeah. Good point. Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. Anyway, thank you so much, everyone. This was, what, episode 18? 18. Jesus! We're rolling right through them! Yeah. Yes, sir. Thanks for sticking with the main stand, guys. We'll see you next week. Deuces!